0: Tennessee. 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 Lord, i really been real stressed. Welcome back to the Holler. Dr. Jason Martin is here with me. I'm gonna to talk to him in one sec. But before, before we get to that, just want everybody to know we're at Tnholler.com, at the TNHoller on Twitter and Facebook, and we have hollers all over the state, thanks to your support generosity and contributions. Dr. Martin, how are you today? I'm doing great. We're having a great day. Uh, it's launch day, so Drinking from a fire hose. I bet. Yeah. We saw you launch today in Nashville in front of a hospital. You are a critical care doctor. Tell us a little bit about what that means.
1: Yeah. So I'm an intensive care unit doctor. So, you know, when you go to the hospital, if you end up needing some sort of life support, so a ventilator or medication to keep your blood pressure up, or, you know, if you have some sort of life threatening condition, you're probably going to be seen by someone who does what I do.
0: How has that been going? I mean, what can you tell us about what the atmosphere is inside of a COVID war where people are getting sick and, and worse.
1: Yeah, you, know, you know, the last 18 months have just been extraordinary. We're accustomed to seeing some, some amount of death and it's tragic every time it happens, but what we've witnessed over the last 18 months has been way above normal. And, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, we were scared. We were worried about our own health. We were worried about, you know, kind of where the bottom was. What was it going to look like to get to the bottom of this pandemic? We really worked our tail off. To you know, help get the community through this. Your doctors, your nurses, your respiratory therapists, your housekeepers—everybody worked together to do it. And then we had this, you know, this hope when the vaccine came. And you know, we actually got down early summer to no patients in the hospital, and that was a, a great joy for us. But then. Now we're seeing the hospital fill back up again and young people are coming in and they're dying. And it's even more tragic because it's completely preventable this time.
0: Right. Well, there is a vaccine that people should get. And chances are, if you're visiting the Holler page, you probably have gotten it. The FDA just today finally gave it their full approval. So that excuse is gone. Have you found there to be people who are unvaccinated who are lying there saying they they wish they had gotten it?
1: You know, unfortunately, I hear that a lot. And I, you know, I'm i thinking of a particular patient when I say this, but I was taking care of a young patient in their 20s recently. And that patient was fearful and wished that they had had the vaccine. And, and that's the story we see over and over again. I always meet people with respect when they come to me and they say, Hey, look, you know, I, I just I didn't get the vaccine because it wasn't FDA approved. Like you said, that's gone now. Or, you know, I was, I was afraid of the consequences or I didn't think it was going to happen to me. That's the one I hear the most. People just say, you know, I'm young. I thought it was going to pass me over or, Maybe I'd have a little cold or flu, uh, but yeah, it's really sad, and uh, you know some people are getting life-threateningly ill from it. Young people, 20s, 30s, 40s now, not uncommon.
0: I see Allison saying she's a bedside nurse in East Tennessee. We need someone who has the public's interest in mind. Dr. Martin's website, MartinFortn.com, is where you can support him and find out more information about him. You know, this is a big decision. I ran for Congress. Your district makes up nine times of the districts that I ran in. It's a big decision. So how did you come to make this decision? And at what point did you start to think, you know what, I should run against Governor Lee? That's right. It's a huge decision. And you
1: know, I've I've got a family, I got three young daughters and a wife. And we have we have a really full life, but it's a decision that we came to together after a lot of consideration. And so I was just a you know a regular guy, never been particularly political other than you know making some contributions uh, until COVID came along. COVID definitely brought me to the dance. Even at the little 18, 20 bed ICUs that I worked in up in Sumner County, which are small compared to the big hospitals downtown Nashville. You know, I had to watch hundreds of people die. Hundreds. That's a life threat, a life-changing experience. And so while people are dying and taking their last breath. You know, you're holding the patient's hand with one hand. And on the other hand, you know, you're holding up an iPad and moms and dads and brothers or sisters, they're wailing into that screen as they watch their loved one take their last breath remotely. And that is just gut-wrenching. As we were having that experience over and over and over, it was completely disconnected from what I perceived to be a lack of leadership from Governor Billy. That what I was feeling was never expressed in Governor Billy's actions. What I was feeling was never expressed in Governor Billy's words. And so that took me down a path of healthcare advocacy. And I started working to, you know, advocate for smart health policy through text banking and emailing and doing media. And then ultimately I got approached, and you know, what I consider running for office. And to be completely honest with you, initially I was hesitant because I was afraid about what it meant for my family and what it meant for my life, which was fairly comfortable. But then as I saw that people were losing their jobs and more people were dying and schools were closing and the governor was attacking public education. I realized that somebody needed to stand up and, and speak the truth. And so I wanted to be a role model for my girls and just stand up and speak the truth, even if the odds are long. That's the arc of how we got here.
0: A lot of ground to cover. What What's the plan as far as getting out there? I've already seen events from east to west Tennessee. Are you planning on touching all 95?
1: Yes, we are. We're going to touch all 95 counties. And you know, in the first couple of months of this tour, I'm, we're going to be on the road and I'm going to be doing a lot of listening uh, because I have been in the ICU, you know, taking care of sick folks. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a legislator. I'm not a lawyer, which, by the way, I don't think is a bad thing. But I want to go out and I need to you know, get educated on some issues. I need to hear what's important to people in their community so that we can formulate some smart policies to address their concerns. But I tell you, we got a couple of guiding lights when it comes to formulating our policies. First, we're going to tell the truth. First, we're going to tell the truth. And I think that's something that's lacking in state government right now. Second, we're going to put the people first. And and that sounds generic, but it's not happening right now. Governor Bill Lee, who has no problem at all using his emergency powers to weaken the state's response to an emergency by threatening individual school boards who are trying to protect the health and safety of their students and teachers. So, you know, we're going to go out there. We're going to put people first because that's politics first. That's the most recent example, but there are many.
0: Right. I see Heather Hill saying, does he feel the anti-mask executive order was a slap in the face of healthcare workers? It sounds like you do. It's like our school boards have to protect our kids from our governor. That's exactly uh, right. Is that is that how you feel that, you know, he just seems to put kids last?
1: The reason that school boards are being compelled to act in a piecemeal manner is because there's no statewide response to a global pandemic that's putting our kids and our children and our teachers at risk. You know, lee has been wrong about this time and time again. I mean, back in May on Fox News, he said, oh, kids don't get it. We don't need to put kids in masks. That was wrong. I mean, hospitals are filling up. Kids are dying on occasion. Just as seriously, kids can take the virus home and spread it to more vulnerable populations. So Bill Lee's ha- has been wrong about that time and time again.
0: Another thing that you mentioned were schools. Governor Lee has mm-hmm. prioritized steering public funds you know, away from public schools to either charters or private schools through vouchers. What's generally your feeling about public schools and public dollars?
1: So recently, a couple of districts were considering temporary mask requirements just to protect the health and safety of their kids. You know, Cameron Sexton was talking about maybe, you know, creating voucher programs in those areas. The fact that they are considering that as a response is an admission that they know vouchers are weapons to defund public education. They've gone after public education time and time again. I mean... We're 47th in the nation in funding for $1.4 billion, I think is the statistic that I read, light on what we should be doing to fund our schools. We're 11,000 right. unfunded teacher positions in the hole right now. You know, I don't understand how you can expect better results when you keep you know choking the funding out of the system.
0: Just to bring these two issues together a little bit, we asked on social media this week, if teachers were being forced to use their sick days throughout the state when they get sick with COVID, the answer has been yes, resoundingly throughout the state. We've had people in our inboxes basically terrified to even say it out loud. So there's this culture of fear among teachers, not only fear of the virus, but fear of retribution for speaking up, fear of getting sick, having to use their sick days, fear of not being able to take care of their families. How do you feel about teachers being forced to use their sick days when they get sick with COVID?
1: It's sad that we were, first of all, putting teachers in a position in unsafe conditions when they get sick. We're taxing them basically. We're having them use their sick days, and I don't think it's wrong. Just as concerning is that they don't feel free to speak up
0: because of fear of retribution, and I think that speaks to the culture of uh, of our leadership right now. Just to help people get to know you a little bit, other than being a doctor, what are they getting from Doctor Jason Martin?
1: Yeah, well, I'm a family guy. I've got three daughters: Lily. Ace, and Lamy, 14, 12, and 10. They keep me super busy, so a lot of times you'll see me in the car uh, running them to practices or whatnot. I love to ride my Peloton, despite what you may see here. Uh, my <laughs> Peloton is my Peloton is my release. You're so. from Alabama? Yeah, I grew up down in Mobile, Alabama and moved to here in 2002 to do my medical training at Vandy. I was at Vandy for seven years uh, and then moved on to do some service at uh, Meharry Medical College. I was on faculty at Meharry and staff at the Nashville General Hospital. And in case folks don't know, the Meharry Medical College is the oldest historically black medical college in the United States.
0: I appreciate you coming on here. Martin for TN.com. As a final thought, like what do you want to leave people with as far as how they can help you and why they should support you? That's right.
1: Well listen, you know, I've not been doing this uh, my whole life. I've not been a career politician. So I need I need to build name ID, right? I need people to know who I am. I need people to know my message. So please uh, reach out and tell your friends about me, refer friends to the website. Look, nobody likes to talk about money in politics, but look, no money, no message. If folks can chip in five or 10 bucks to help us you know, broadcast the message and amplify the message, we would really appreciate that. It would help us to uh, meet the other side head on.
0: When I ran for Congress, I worked hard, but the governor candidates worked way harder. So I yep. appreciate that you are <laughs> even willing to jump in to this thing. I'd be remiss if I didn't say you look a little like a young Carl Dean, And that was the (laughs) hardest working guy. Everywhere I went, he was there and he had a lot more cut ground to cover than I did. So I just hope that you're ready to work. It seems like you are. Uh, It's a big undertaking and I think we should all be appreciative that you're willing to even do it. So Dr. Martin, thank you for what you're doing and good luck to you. Thanks brother. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks Justin. All right, absolutely. Take care. So that's Dr. Martin. If you guys want to support him, it's martinfortn.com. He is running for governor here in Tennessee as a Democrat. Remains to be seen if Governor Lee will be getting challenged. And a primary on the other side, Andy Ogles has talked about doing that. So we'll see what happens. There are other people in the race on the Democratic side. Also, check it out. Look into the race get involved. Governor Lee has failed us in a lot of different ways. This executive order is just the latest example of him putting kids last. It's gross. Stay involved, stay in tune to the holler. Check us out at all the different hollers throughout the state. We are able to do this with your support because of your contributions. It really does keep us going. It really does help and we really, really do appreciate it. Thanks everybody. And we'll see you next time. Tennessee.